0: So I'd like to ask you about collaborations. I'm going to press the button, basically, and let you go on that one, because I know what my feelings are, but I'm desperate now to get your feeling, you know, literally it is almost five or six a day between luxury brands. We're not even talking about lower down, but there are a huge... What what have you got to say about collaborations?
1: Where I start out thinking about this is how obsessed the brands are now with social media um, and gaining a following and likes and engagement and reach over there. Um, So what has been discovered sort of in more recent years is that that follower transfer from one to another um, is way more effective when you're working with a brand that's similar to you or when i say a brand a brand could be any instagram page essentially it could be a person it could be a (laughs) high level brand it could be a magazine um it the the transfer of those sort of units of followers is way higher when fendi is working with versace because they're so similar the same fan will like the both so in terms of social media business, it makes complete sense to do something there. Whether that makes artistic and creative sense is a completely other conversation. Um, and but I like to think of it in terms of sort of you—you you found out this sort of scientific, um, mathematical sort of this that you need to think about a way to do that. And I think it's quite creative to think of um, a way to do that. And whether it is doing a a collaboration um, in terms of the fashion um, or to sort of hack each other's logos like Gucci and Balenciaga did. um, Or, yeah, maybe you even... We have to remember that this kind of goes back to... um, the undercover and the soloist did a combined show at was it pitiomo um years ago now um and that was a huge moment because they collaborated and they were similar brands and they already shared quite a bit of the fan base but they sort of really transferred that over because undercover had a slightly different fan base at that time um so yeah i think there's something really sort of interesting and important in this transferring the followers over from one to the other um that i don't think we've found the best solution to doing that yet um and maybe we we should i think the part of the frustration um from the community and the the public is that we don't want brands to be this desperate um we don't want them to be sort of clamoring over every last follower and every penny um, that can be made but that is the nature of definitely lbmh and karing are, are second to that um and yeah there's so much focus on this sort of business side of things in these last few years um and maybe it's just because we've sort of pulled back the curtain and kind of actually see these things going on rather than sort of just accepting it, um, that do you we... think,
0: oh, Sorry, do you think it's also at the moment part of this whole logo mania, that the idea of putting two logos on things as opposed to just one supposedly doubles your market or whatever it is, because in a sense, we're looking back at Pierre Cardin sticking his name on any product. This is almost now let's collaborate with almost anyone that will say yes, but it, it's getting that, you know, that logo, that double C, that, mm. you know, Balenciaga, whatever it is out there. Do you think it's part of that as well?
1: Well, it's, you know, what's interesting is sort of this this Logomania has sort of, it came in with all the sort of the streetwear movement and the um, Supreme um, but what has happened in, in fashion recently is that trends never disappear anymore. Mm. Or are they hardly yeah. ever. Um, and they kind of, somebody likes it somewhere. Mm. And that number of somebodies is actually quite high because it's, it's interesting because it's going back to more pure ways of how people enjoy fashion. Mm. And however much we hate it, there is a lot of people that enjoy fashion for the logos for the sort of brand association and what that says about you. Um, and that's a whole millions of dollars market in itself, um, in sort of being able to wear the logos and and it's not really going anywhere. And I don't think it ever really went anywhere either. It was just kind of fell out of the zeitgeist and the zeitgeist sort of convinced itself that it was more important than it was but now with it being measurable by social media we can see that people are still sort of clamoring over logos whether it's in fashion or not
0: (laughs) um
1: and I think the brands have also realized that they have to feed those people and they have to provide for for them um because that's where a lot of the money come from like we think that our sort of Opinion matters so much in in fashion because we are fashion people. Um, but in reality that all the or most of the money actually comes from the sort of middle class person who will buy one bag, but there's millions of those people um, yeah. and it's appealing to them, which is quite sort of I don't know it's a bit depressing for people who really love fashion. Um, but I think. That, It's also might be a cycle because when there's something like this, there's there's going to be a reaction to it. And I think there already is a reaction to it in people that sort of don't like logos or specifically hate logos. Um, But yeah, I, I think we, what's frustrating now is that the brands are so clearly marketing, marketing to those people and ignoring the fashion system. As a whole yeah. and the fashion the part of the fashion industry that they need they can pay for anyway um, so yeah in that case it's not so relevant I guess to to care about that happening um,
0: collaborations and logos and the that that statement it's really interesting for me because i'm based in, in Mallorca, and obviously we have a lot, in, particularly during normal tourist season, a huge amount of people selling fakes.
1: Mm.
0: And it's big business here in the centre of town. Now, two years ago, all the fakes were Michael Kors. Mm. And now all the fakes are Christian Dior. And it's that shift of which one, you know, it's, it's that idea of, the high street, in a sense, saying, well, is Armani what we should be copying, or should we be copying Chanel and and whatever? But that shift in who the logos are as well is is important. And I think one of the things I find interesting with the collaborations is I get Gucci and Balenciaga. It's two luxury houses getting together and with two identifiable logos. But some of the collaborations (laughs) seem so random. The the idea of the men in grey suits at the top going, you know what, we need to, I'm waiting for the Gucci lawnmower. Do you know what I mean? It's my ultimate is I quite like the idea of a Gucci lawnmower. I think if they were more peculiar, I might almost like some of them. How mm. do you think, how do you think you can rate the success of some of the collaborations?
1: Um, it's, I think a lot of it is sort of tapping into the nostalgia of things. Um, We saw recently Gucci collaborate with Hot Wheels, um, which is, it's ridiculous, but not quite ridiculous enough, um, as you were saying. But it is sort of tapping into that sort of, I didn't personally, but I knew lots of my friends were obsessed with Hot Wheels and sort of building a track and had some of the best times of their lives building these loopsy loops and... (laughs) Racing the cars and making them do jumps, and I think it's psychologically very smart to tap into that sort of um, that nostalgic and that good feeling about it. And of course, with memories like that, you kind of only remember the good bits. You don't remember the work you did in sort of putting it up. You just remembered that one jump that was amazing or that car that you really liked the dec- decals on. Um, so. Yeah, it's, how do you measure the success of it? I guess, <laughs> grossly, I think the people at the top of the, the suits are probably looking at the um, the numbers um, of engagement, I guess. Um, I think, I don't know if you saw recently, um, I can't remember the name of the platform, but they released data that um, was saying how Richard Quinn, was it Richard Quinn? Yes, it was Richard Quinn um, and Cardi B were the sort of top moment yeah. of yeah. Um, social media. And I think those numbers so both mean a lot to the suits, but also it's, a, a, I guess it is a testimony of like how many people are talking about it and talking about something directly directly does um go into sales numbers or, or at least how many people are interested in brands um there is a bit of a sort of disconnect there between sort of i don't know where you would buy richard quinn at the moment i think he did a club with Debenhams, um and he might be in selfridges but i don't think anybody's wearing it on the street but everybody's talking about it um and designers are having to think of different ways to actually monetize this sort of hype that they've created around yeah. themselves um, but, yeah, it's it's super interesting to, to think it about. It reminds
0: me quite a bit of it of when, over the years, Carl, during his years at Chanel, you know, one year we all got a Chanel blanket to sit on because it was wintry, and one season we got a Chanel thermos, and I remember going to see the jewellery once in very dark rooms, and they gave us all a little Chanel torch, you know, with the CCs. I mean, the torch must have cost three cents i would think but because it had the cc stamped onto it they went straight onto ebay at Mm. you know Mm. 200 pounds i think that the idea of one of the things that i think with the collaborations is that clearly they're limited and clearly Mm. they're going to get their money back the people that buy it because it will then become saleable and resaleable and an auction piece but i think it's it's going to be interesting to see whether if you and I have the same conversation in three years time, mm-hmm. whether there'll be collaborations will have run their course and we will be on to something else. Um, I think its it feels to me very much a kind of post or during COVID and post COVID kind of trend almost. And I hate the word trend, but it's kind of like to me, it feels like it will reach a point where we'll just be laughing at it, not rushing out to buy it or celebrate it.
1: Yeah, there, there is a part of the, sort of what has happened culturally in it as well, in that it's risky now to reference anything or to sort of take from somebody else's work or somebody's culture or anything yeah. like that. And how do you give credit in this day and age? I, I had somebody comments the other day, um, Givenchy did a shoe that was referencing McQueen's armadillo shoes. Yeah. And somebody commented, Oh, I hope they credited McQueen. I'm like, Okay, yes. But do you expect them to put a note in every box with the shoes saying this is with McQueen? Uh, th- yeah, this is with McQueen, or, or do you expect them to make an, a whole campaign about it or an Instagram post? And if you don't see that Instagram post, is it their fault or your fault? um how do you credit and i think in a lot of cases where it's a bit risky to to reference without uh, and you might be seen to not be giving credits um the collaboration has become the solution there um which is really interesting because these brands are shit scared of being cancelled um and they'll do that instead of um like we, we had in the old days, uh, Yves Saint Laurent did the, the opera, the Russian opera, and that wasn't a collaboration, it was just reference, um, yeah. but these days, if you did that, um, you'd be, and I'm totally not sort of calling out this sort of appropriation and stuff, but um, it seems that you have to do it in order to sort of um, play fair within that sphere um, of not appropriating something. Um, so well,
0: Dior, Dior said his new look was partially inspired by Norman Hartnell's wardrobe for the then Queen when she visited Paris in 1938. Mm. And he acknowledged that it's been well hushed up over the years, but he always said it was a dream wardrobe. Mm. Um, and that idea of, of appropriation, but the idea of cultural appropriation is a separate thing. But being inspired by, I mean, mm. you know, most designers somewhere along the line have a mood board, for want of a better, you know. Um, where where does where does having a mood board stop? And you know, oh, well, you've copied this because it's like a composer, you know, the notes can only go into so many formations, mm. and if there's a word uh, if there's a note formation that reminds you of another piece of music that's not because you were copying it it's somewhere in your head mm. um I always remember when um most people forget it but many years ago Thierry Moogler did a 70s collection and I asked him about it and he said he looked at everything and then had all the books and all the magazines taken out of the studio and sat down and drew what he thought he remembered Mm. And that was what Mm. inspired him. And I think that's a very different thing to, Mm. you know, well, we copied it, only we did it differently in another fabric or whatever. A direct copy is a very different thing.
1: Yeah, but I think the problem is at the moment is that there's a lot of people with opinions that don't necessarily um, see that sort of um, distinction. And if there's a slight similarity they will expect it to be called out and sort yeah. of, it's an atrocity um yeah. I think it's a symptom of that side of what's happening at the moment as well as what you were saying the sort of post-covid um I think these last couple of years have really had a strong impact on fashion and sort of how brands operate um so yeah that's, that's
0: it on collaborations <laughs> do you Thank you very much indeed.
1: No problem.